Your special's so good. Some of the specials should not be specials out there. No, man. It should just be, you know what? They should they should have a category called I'm just dropping some shit off. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a special. It's just like we just dropping some shit off real quick. These are some thoughts I had. Yeah. They're not fully fleshed. Let's come up with a name for that. Yeah, it's it's mid. It's called mid. Mid. Yep. <laughs> it's called You heard mid. it here on working it out. It's mid. <laughs> Hell, drop the mid <laughs> drop the mid, mid special. Specials. Mid special. Oh, That's a mid, mid special. special. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a mid special. It was pretty good for a mid special. Yeah, and then if it's great, it's like, damn, they should have done oh, a real special. Yeah, that was like a real special. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That mid special should have been a real special. That is the voice of Chris Red. Uh Chris is a phenomenally funny comedian. Um, he's You might know him from Saturday Night Live as a cast member for many years, which he won an Emmy for. Um, he was in Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping, a movie that I did a cameo in. That's where he and I met originally. We had a great conversation today. Um, by the way, it is week 11 of my Broadway show, The Old Man and the Pool. I've had such a blast doing it. There are two more weeks there's very few tickets left. You can get them on MikeOnBroadway.com or um, on Today Ticks, which is uh, the probably the least expensive way to get tickets. So there's great deals over there. I, I think you're gonna love this episode with Chris Red. He is he's an interesting guy. He's he's he has this new special on HBO Max called Why Am I Like This? I love the special. I mean, we talk about the we talk about the special a lot, but I have to say, like, it's it made me laugh out loud alone, like countless times. He's uh, he blends improv and you know characters and stand up in a way that I think is completely unique and original. Um, we have a great chat today. I think you're gonna love this one. Enjoy my conversation with the great Chris Red. In your special, you make a reference to when you're broke and you're looking at like how much rapper, how much money rappers have and yeah. like spend, and you reference Jay Z. Yeah, and yeah. I thought of myself because I used to sleep on my friends' couches when yeah. I would tour. I couch too, yeah, yeah. And so like I used, to, I remember staying with my friends Ryan and Mary when I would play DC like all the time. Yeah, and I and I said when I would always go when my ship comes in. I'm going to get you guys a Jay-Z fridge. The what J- I meant by Jay-Z fridge. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out what's the Jay-Z what I, what fridge. What I meant by Jay-Z fridge is that like one time I saw like documentary or cribs or something on Jay-Z yeah. and his house just had like, had like a full fridge. <laughs> and I was like, that's the Jay-Z fridge. Like who's, whose fridge is full with like fresh things? <laughs> Jay-Z's. You know I mean? Jay-Z's. Jay-Z's fridge. And every Southern house I've, I've ever been to. Oh, is that right? Yeah, mad leftovers. That's all interesting. Over yeah, I always, yeah, I always have a dream of like rich people have the Jay Z fridge. They just yeah, yeah. have the full ass fridge just, of just full unopened and, things and fresh, and everything's fresh. Now that that's a Jay Z fridge. That's the Jay Z fridge. You have a person doing that. Yeah, man. See, my shit is a uh, like my shit is hide and seek with something that got old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like every time I open up, I'm like, all right. <laughs> What shouldn't be here? <laughs> That's what mine is. Yeah, I'm just the looking same. around like, I, I, I can't. I literally, I was rushing here because I had this is a bizarre thing. I had um, HR, the harassment, yeah, speech meeting thing, so and it was annoying. on Zoom, and it was like, it was, 
it's weird. It's probably hard, I think, for people like you and me where our coping mechanism is humor. Right. And so they're saying serious shit to us. And then all you're thinking, as a comedian, I think we're, we train our brains to always think of the joke. Always. Yeah. So everything they say, I'm thinking of as a setup. <laughs> and my brain just goes to punchline, punchline, punchline. But I can't say it. Right. Because it's obviously inappropriate. And so I was just silent the whole time, just going, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've learned a lot. I, I'm just waiting for somebody to be in those harassment trainings, and they and they set up a scenario. They give an answer, and somebody's like, oh. Yes. Although, <laughs> like, I, I genuinely, like, no, damn, I, you, I think, y'all right. I think every now and then, when in this one, I go... Yeah, George isn't so good at that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I did have a couple of those where I was like, because part of it's old school. Like, part of it is, like, you have some coworkers who get up there in age, and, like, some of the stuff they say in the harassment training, you're like, all right, well, we'll see. We'll see if that ever gets called. My God. Yeah. Oh, I see. Because that's out there. That's honestly is my guilty pleasure. I like seeing the older folks get really like <laughs> just really up in arms when they can't hug no more like I know. I, I, like this dude I'm not gonna put put you out there like that yeah, but we were in this yeah. harassment training with somebody I work with and he's like well, let, let, let me ask, let me ask a question if 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 I hug someone and we've hugged before right that's wrong right like well you know it depends on the relationship I, but, but I'm saying so I can't hug anymore? And we're right. Like, hey, man. Well, there's some anger. Right? Why are you so mad about this hug? There's some anger. <laughs> there's some anger at the HR institution for sure. <laughs> and I would say generally, and again, I, I want to be careful. I don't yeah. want to use ageism. No. Because ageism is in the HR handbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't use ageism. People can be any age they want to be until they die. I'm not, I don't want to be ageist when I say this, but yeah. one of the trends I've noticed is that in the HR situation, yeah, yeah. the older folks generally don't do as well and are more <laughs> angry. They're just mad the world's changing. I, I, you know what? I, I get it. I understand. Like, I remember I was in, I, when I started therapy, I went and I told my folks about it. And I have a little bit in the special, but I left. I love that stuff about therapy in your special. And, um, and I talked to my folks, and they were really, you know, really open, surprisingly. And then it, we got mad close off of that. And, yeah. And I, I was talking to my, and me and my dad talked more than we ever talked growing up. And I noticed he had social anxiety. And I'm like, Dad, you got social anxiety, bro. Like, yeah. you should go get that treated. And he's yeah. like, boy, I'm 70. It's over. Oh, it's, shit. Not life. Life ain't over. Just, like, growth. Right. Growth. growth. <laughs> like, personal growth. I'm done, boy. I am who I am. But hey, that's cool for you. That's and, that's tricky. I my parents are 82 and I have to sometimes come to grips with the fact that my dad my dad and I disagree about certain political things, but yeah. I'm not going to change him. Yeah. All I can do is express love in a way that supports that he, he, who he is and that I love him. And I think if we had a little bit more of that in the world, we'd be all right. Huh? <laughs> we have a little bit more love like we love our parents. We have a little bit more mid specials. Mid a little bit more mid specials. <laughs> Men's specials are wild. So when you were we're talking about open micers, yeah, because yeah, sometimes you see the open micers and they try to put out the mid specials on YouTube and stuff, and you're like, no, hold on to that mid special. Yeah, hold on to that or that or the crowd work stuff, which there's some great crowd work stuff. Yeah, but there's a lot of crowd work stuff that's not really crowd work. It's just question and answer. Yeah, and it's like, bro, maybe maybe write a joke or. 
Well, you bob and weave in your special into crowd work in a way that's completely seamless. I was wondering whether it's a function of like your personality. Because I feel like you go, this topic, this topic, crowd work, you're back into it. So I came out and said for the first time ever um, to a crowd of people um, uh, that have ADHD, uh, depression, and anxiety. And in this special, this particular body of work is supposed to be in the style of my brain. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, you know, the whole thing is very selfish and narcissistic, kind of, because <laughs> I'm just talking about my inner shit. Yeah, but it's supposed to feel like how I think. Yeah, and and when I was doing the tour, I I love improv, not enough to just be an improv troupe yeah. forever and be broke forever <laughs> and have no job forever <laughs> and wear nothing but hoodies, <laughs> even though I love hoodies. <laughs> Oh, wait, I don't have a hoodie today. No. Where's your second city hoodie? <laughs> oh, it's at the crib. They're real soft. <laughs> but like, but I, I I wanted to keep the improv alive because I love like real crowd, real yeah. off-the-cuff joke writing. It's, it's really dope to me. And I feel like uh, crowd work got a lot of like flack. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of guys doing it now, like Schultz. And like there's a couple of folks that are doing it off-the-cuff that are writing real jokes. Like, yeah. But then there's like I ha- I just hated seeing like the really set up like clearly you set this person up to like say a certain thing so you could get to a certain thing yeah or or it's just like plants or just weird shit I, I just wanted to, I hope it came off elevated that's what I was trying oh, to oh it does you know and also you do the cool split screen Yo, which I like I don't think I've seen that I was I was looking I was looking at a thousand specials you know uh, yeah again I guess because I had watched most of them but like I was trying to look and see if anybody had done it. But I was like, man, it felt. I just wanted the feeling to. I wanted the feeling of like you being there. Yeah. And even when I'm roasting on the road and like like people laugh and they don't see this person, most people don't see the person I'm talking right. about. I'm like, but if I, I feel like it just adds a little piece if you can actually see who I'm talking about, so you know I'm being, so I'm not being accurate about the things I'm saying about them and not just like. I like that you repeat what they say too, because yeah. sometimes comedians forget to be like. Just so you know, this person said this. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. not mic'd. Right. Yeah, yeah, they're not mic'd, and it's not set up in a way where, where like, can you, can you say it again, sir? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you say it again, sir? It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. <laughs> uh, but it also gives me a little second to, to think, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, sometimes it's, like, right away, and sometimes, you know what I'm saying, I, I repeat it real quick to just be like, okay, all right, I'm going. Just figure out the angle and then just dive in. So you and I, you and I met. I want to say like at the premiere of Popstar. We're both in Popstar. You're like yeah. a major part. I'm like a cameo. I'm in you the killed that shit. I'm, man. Thanks, man. I'm in the TMZ. Yeah, like, that TMZ shit was so funny though, man. But but I got introduced to you. I think in the, the best way to be introduced to somebody is when somebody else says that guy's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, right. Hundred yeah. percent. That's be- way better than being like, "Hi, I'm Mike. I'm a comedian." Yeah, that's he does the worst. comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But Yorma Takone, who's part of The Lonely Island, who made the movie Popstar, said, "You, because I had read the script for Popstar and I thought it was a riot." And he goes, "He goes, the guy that we have playing the like featured rapper comes on the road. He's like, it's Chris Red. He's like one of the funniest dudes I've ever seen. Oh man, that's and he's, he's amazing, Yorma, man. Isn't he's he great? Cool. Yeah, he's the he's the best dude. So your character, your character in Popstar is Hunter." The hunter, hunter the hungry, hunter the hungry, yeah. <laughs> and is he ba- is he loosely based on Tyler the Creator? Yeah, I love Tyler, man. He's uh, one of the funniest, one of the most creative rappers, just yeah. like, ever, bro. 
And uh, and I heard he, he was a fan of Bust Down, which was like oh wow, a real like oh that's cool pleasure. Yeah, yeah man, because I because I, I, I wanted to do him justice, you know what I mean in that yeah. in that way. Because uh, I feel like making fun of motherfuckers is like showing love, man. Like most of the time, you know yeah. what I'm saying. You could tell when it's not. Oh, but, I agree. You know, but I think that like well, you just want to be mentioned. It, that's the other thing. You know, what I'm saying whenever you, they roast people and they go like. It's like it's like the most insulting is not being mentioned at the rest. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I even one step above not being mentioned is like I don't know why you here in the roast. <laughs> <laughs> so when you did that movie, yeah, yeah. I mean, did you go from like not being in anything to being like this big part in a movie? Like, was that a yeah. huge, huge oh, thing? Oh, it was like my first like huge big movie ever. You know what I mean? And uh, I had got a couple like guest starring roles in Chicago, like Empire, yeah. and some other stuff. Uh, but that was like a that was a first big big thing. So I'm I'm showing up the the most unknown person in the cast. Yeah, every day, the, like super famous people just. Yeah, Sarah Silverman's in it. Yeah, like, dog. It's oh, Sarah. Will Arnett best. was in my scenes. Yeah, I think it's yeah, see Chelsea Will, Peretti. Will, you know, like and, yeah, man, it was just like a. This is like a slew of some of the best. I came, I came to set on days I wasn't even shooting, bro. Yeah, and I was like, is this cool? Is this good? <laughs> That's cool. And then Yorn uh, was like, oh, I did the same thing. You know Aww. what I mean? I was like, and I had to check, make make sure, but I wanted to jump in as many times as I could because I was like, I'm gonna learn everything I can about this whole business. What shit. would you give for advice for someone who's like? Nervous about being on the set for the first time or doing a job that they think is like over their head or whatever. I say bring you got the job for a reason. So bring your best everything that you've ever done to prepare for that moment. Bring it every single day of your life. Work like you're trying to outwork all these motherfuckers you're intimidated by. Yeah. You'll be so focused on that that you're not gonna like pay attention to the bullshit. And also just like be aware as hell. Just be yeah. very aware, like, you know, of people's energies, uh, yeah. like, all of that shit. You, uh, you're saying you're special. You want to be a basketball player and a yeah. rapper when you're a kid. I had those two aspirations as well. Yeah. I talk, in my first special, I talk about it. I want to yeah. be a rapper and the basketball player and the owner of a pizza restaurant where third graders could hang out. That was my other goal. <laughs> it's a very niche market. Very niche. Yeah. When I was in third grade, it made so much sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm gonna fucking kill it. <laughs> later, flash forward twenty years later, you're just the saddest man. I know. Well, no, that's what I really. I know. I was like, I grew, I became a grown up. I was like, that's a pretty creepy goal. <laughs> Hit, hitting the, up the third grade market. Yeah, on the third graders, baby. Are you gonna be like Hannibal? Where you're gonna become a hip hop star later in your career? Like Hannibal Burris is legit. I mean, and of course, uh, you know, Childish Gambino is the biggest example. Yeah. I mean, Donald had like a major comedy career. Yeah. And then became a major hip hop star. Yo, there's 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 dudes doing it. I, look, there's a there's a wide lane for uh, my style of comedy music. Yeah. Uh, I am still doing it. You know, I left yeah. it, I left SNL and I and I and I honed it there. Um, but I, there's, there's a lot of shit you can't say on that show. A lot of shit you right. can't do. Right. And so now I get to do it. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm gonna be a big star or nothing like that. But I think I'm gonna put out some 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 wow. cool stuff, some interesting stuff. There's also dudes like Zach Fox, uh, who who's like very good at the shit too. So, interesting. Yeah, yeah. He's very funny and a very good rapper. Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> shout out to Zach. Text me back, motherfucker. No plan. Uh, <laughs> that's like a running joke. <laughs> 
But yeah, there's like mad. There's like a lot of like comedy guys and 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 ladies who are like getting into the space, yeah, of music and making some good, cool shit and different stuff. So it's it's nice. What do you think is the similarity and difference between hip hop and and stand up comedy? Laughs, laughs. I think there's a lot of similarities though, man. Like a lot of rappers think they're comics, and some of them, sure. a lot of them are very funny. Yeah. And then, the, you know, and the rhythm of how you tell jokes, your laugh rates versus your punchlines are pretty similar. Like, that was... Yeah. I feel like that's where I got my liking for how for my joke rate was from how I wrote punchlines. So, like, I would I would write punchlines like every bar. Or sometimes I would try to split. I would try to split and write two punchlines in one bar. So, yeah. So when I got over to, to joke writing, it was kind of like, oh, I just like to... You know what I mean? So when I was editing, I was editing out a bunch of dumbass jokes that I like to say. Uh, Sam J, when I had Sam J look at the special before I, before it came out, and I was like, any notes? And she was like, hey, you know the little dumbass jokes you like? Take them little dumbass jokes out. <laughs> I love Sam so much because she is the most honest, honest. person I've That's ever, my sister, bro. I think I've ever encountered. Yeah, dog. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's like, no matter no matter where I am in life, no matter what it is, she gonna be Sam J, and she gonna be the realest motherfucker on earth with me. And uh, <laughs> so, the, but the thing that Sam is commenting on, like, take out these little jokes that you like. It's the mid special jokes. The mid special jokes. I, you know, I'm yeah. a road guy. I like the road a lot, yeah. and I grew up on the road because I, you know, couldn't get, I couldn't get booked and yeah. shit. So I just was like on the road a bunch. So I like. Why it, couldn't you get booked? It's just like coming up. Um, in Chicago, yeah, like, well, I, I couldn't get booked in like major clubs or on like certain shows or like or Netflix stuff because like I was improvising and doing and doing written jokes, and they always thought I was just lacking material. They always saw the improv is like, oh, he doesn't have an hour, when it's really just me mining jokes. I'm doing the same process as everybody else. Wow, it's just like sometimes depending on the show that you saw, you know, there be might be more X, Y, and Z, and it's yeah. not. And when it's not all together, you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a rough work in progress, like everybody else's shit. Yeah. But even when it was tight, like I would have a tight twenty, and I would just do a couple things in the crowd. They just thought I was filling time, and so that's really what made me be like, in my special, I'm gonna fucking show these people what they've been saying right. no to all these years. So it was. So all my uh, drive comes from revenge. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. The, which is why you wrote the joke, "Your Jesus is from New Jersey." <laughs> Cause I hate New. No, I don't. I actually do not understand the beef with New York and New Jersey at all. Like I don't get it. Y'all both new, but oh, I don't get it. It's all good. I the your your Jesus is from New Jersey line from your special is one of my favorite <laughs> comedy lines I've heard. Well, because you put man. it in the context of uh, you go to Utah. Yeah, you're talking to Mormons. Yep. I think we've, as comics, we've all gone to Utah and had these Mormon conversations. Every single one of us. <laughs> I think all of us have. Because yeah. Utah's a great place for comedy. 100%. They love comedy. They love, oh, it's, that's, what's, that's what's beautiful. I remember when somebody got mad about the Mormon uh, joke and they weren't Mormon. And I was like, bro, you don't know what the fuck you're getting mad at, bro. Because right. every Mormon I've ever performed this joke for loves this joke because it's so close and so real to what they, and to they what like, they are. And they like Book of Mormon. They love Book of Mormon, It's a musical bro. of making fun of their religion <laughs> they, for two hours. They, I, say what you want about Mormons. They could take a joke, bro. They can take a joke. They could take a joke. I don't know what else they do in there. <laughs> 
And also, I don't understand their religion, like, almost at all. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Listen, the premise is wild. It's like, <laughs> Jesus was born in Colorado. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. But cool, it's, man. It's the only religion that you can, like, disprove with a paper trail. <laughs> You're like, dude, I have emails that say this religion isn't true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dog. Oh, man. There was, a, there was a, speaking of mid, uh, speaking of mid jokes, I, I, Utah loves jokes so much. They love terrible jokes. I remember I came with like uh, Church of Latter Day Saints. Where are the earlier day saints at? And they funny. went crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I knew in my mind this joke is fucking bad. I'm cutting it. <laughs> I'm cutting yeah. it after. I can't believe I said the full thing. But they laughed so hard. I was like, if I wasn't self aware, <laughs> I would have been like, oh, well, this going right in my special. Well, local. That's the thing about touring is local jokes kill harder kill. than anything you could. Pop. I one time Mulaney sent me an audio recording. He's just about to film a special, and he's like, hey, can you listen to this show I did in Florida? He opened with 20 minutes on Florida and crushed. Yeah. Did 20 minutes of improv Florida jokes. I've never heard people laugh this loud <laughs> in my life. It was like breaking my phone, and my phone was shaking. Man, dog, that's crazy. It wasn't crazy. And I, yeah. I called him. I go, you're going to use the Florida jokes? I have to say, they're pretty good. Yeah. Like, that's some pretty good Florida material. But you know Cat Williams. I was, about to, I was about to mention that. Yeah, so yeah. Cat Williams opens his yeah. special, talking about Jacksonville. I want to say for at least 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, no, it, no, and it works. It works. I, there's something about that. It's a classic example of like in the specific is the universal. If you do the specific on Jacksonville well enough like he does, we all kind of get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm like, yo, I haven't been to that part of Jacksonville, but sounds real. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Sounds about yeah. right. Or like that reminds me of, you know. Worcester, Massachusetts, where I grew up, which is sort of the Jacksonville of Massachusetts. Yeah, right. Because there's always a place that's very similar yeah, yeah. <laughs> to any place that you shit on. <laughs> no, absolutely. Or make fun of, you know? But you, had a, but you had a joke where you're like, all right, that's going to go away because it's just doing well because it's local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no one's going to... I haven't... First of all, like, I always like to try things enough before I'm putting it in like a yeah. special. And if it hasn't like... T- if, have, if, if it hasn't like... It has to kill like least... Five or six times for me to like really consider moving it in in something. Then it has to be like, yeah, this makes sense against the rhythm and the and the theme of shit. What's know? interesting because like you were saying that Sam J was like take out you know X Y Z jokes because mm-hmm. they're too light or whatever they're too small. That's one of the things about your special I think is so good is it's so dense, like it's just Man. laugh to laugh to laugh to laugh and it's like. When you are, is that in the performance phase or is that in the editing room phase that you're cutting it back? I'm, I, we cut like an hour, we cut an hour of jokes. I was just, I just You liked, did two hours and you cut it to an hour? We cut it to an hour. It was very tough. Wow. Uh, yeah, I improvised for a long time. Um, and then like, I was stretching certain stuff. Uh, but, you know, it, it was, I mean- I like to machine gun jokes. That's kind of like yeah. what I like to do. It's 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 my favorite thing. So I'm like, if I can, hey, make that feeling. You know what I mean? Um, and, and get as many jokes in here as possible yeah. that are on theme. I think that was Sam's other point. Was like this joke isn't really like doing anything for the for the theme of this specific right. section X Y and Z. So like that's but that's what you, that's what you get. I overwrite jokes for the hour and then try to and then I have to pick which ones. Yeah. And then and then I'm like, all right, this is kind of weak or this this. But like that's what I wanted it to feel like. That yeah. it was just like, damn, machine gun of jokes. You know what I mean? Like I hope that every special I do is like that. When you 
so you're jotting down stuff, you're making notes, and then like I'll see you at the comedy cellar sometimes. Like when you're at the comedy cellar, what makes you want to put a joke on stage for the first time? If I can't stop thinking about it. That's funny. Yeah. If if it's just like if I'm constantly thinking about it, uh I'm constantly going back to it. If sometimes now it's 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 changing now because I feel like I'm in a place where comedy's like I'm you know I'm, I'm becoming more comfortable in in comedy yeah. you know what I mean in a way that like I don't worry about being funny it's just yeah. kind of like what am I going to do with the funny yeah so it's like sometimes I will just be having a good conversation at the cellar and then I'm like oh uh, I want I want I want to talk about this and then, yeah. you know you know randomly or I'll have a challenge for myself and I'll just be like go say the realest thing you can think of in the moment yeah. for you at that second and then go from there you know that's interesting, yeah. I think, like, people ask me a lot, like, after Old Man in the Pool, what are you going to do? And I'm like, whatever I'm obsessed with. Yeah. But I don't know what that is until I, I'm there. Exactly. You know, there is, like, the, the, the new set, I, I was like, I don't know what I'm, you know, after you drop one, you're like, okay, what the fuck am I yeah. going to talk about? Yeah. And I took the month, the the, the uh, doctor recommended month off, <laughs> stand up after you drop a special. Yeah. And then I then I snuck back on stage just to kind of see like where my head is at. Yeah, and I just started talking about running away and like I had like a whole like a whole chunks of like stories about shit. I'm like, oh okay, and it was like my my the whole five shows I did that night were just my temperature check to see where my head was going to be at. And I was like, oh, I like okay, I like where this is. There's a lot of stories about running away. It's just about like one like <laughs> I like well the premise is just you know. Uh, Getting back to a place, getting back to a place of like of a happiness that we had as kids, oh, and, and like, yeah. and like how you can't run away anymore. Like as an adult, you can't run away. Like running away is like with like I'm gonna I'm gonna go start a new life. You know right. what I mean? Like you're a kid, you're an idiot, so you're just like I'm gonna run away from the people that take care of me. Like I'm gonna run away from home. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna go start a new life with with my friends somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't have this even thought out completely, right? And you and everybody who runs away always comes back. There's right. kids at school like I'm running away tonight, right? And they're like, the I'm sick fr- of my parents. Yeah, and, and I hate the teachers. And, they, and those people grow up to be people who tell you they're gonna leave Facebook. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you're like, I'm running away, nigga. I'm gonna see you in math class tomorrow, you little bitch. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. You know, the, because I I feel like that is a, that builds out to a much larger concept, right? Right. It, yeah. There's a big thematic uh, globe there. Yeah, because I wanted to do something more observational of like what's going on. Yeah. For the second special, like I knew I w- I wanted to do that, but I didn't know how I wanted to get in there. And then I started talking about that, and I was like, oh, I'll find it. I don't. Yeah. I I still I you know there's still a whole lot to figure out. But yeah. Then I got hit, hit in the face, so I'm going to incorporate oh that somehow. Oh, of course. Well, I I, I am going to. I yeah, just, yeah, of course. Just how much of it, you know. And then just, just a lot of shit. I just kind of like. I felt terrible when I saw that. I mean, what a weird thing to see something about your friend in the news. Yeah, it, you know, my friend got hit. It's crazy. It's in the news. I've done all this charity. And nothing got me more headlines than getting <laughs> fucking knocked in the face, Mike. Oh my God. <laughs> like, goddamn, it was crazy. I was still going to go perform. That's the fucking bullshit about yeah, it. I got yeah. hit in the face, and I got hit so fast that I hit the ground and jumped up and didn't even know I hit the ground. And yeah. I was about to go right back in and do, do a set. I was like, oh, this is going to be a weird beginning. You know what I mean? That's all I thought of. And then I just kept bleeding. And I was like, all right, maybe I should maybe I should not do a set. I, dr- I, I, I jumped through the second story window in Walla Walla, Washington in 2005. 
Next night, I had a gig at University of Portland. I drove there. University of Oregon in Eugene. I, I drove there. Crazy. I did it. <laughs> I had glass. I had glass shards that were, they had taken what? out of my yeah yeah out of my legs. <laughs> I had stitches, all this stuff. Holy shit! And I did the gig because I feel like that's the thing you're describing of like you were gonna get on stage. Yeah. that's where our heads are at as comics yeah, all sickness. the time. Yeah, Sick, absolute <laughs> yeah, sickness. sickness. That's a yeah, sickness. Yeah, yeah. And and it, no, I've got stitches, bro. And I was about to go on stage <sighs> right after that. Sam J again coming. She, Sam J is is my voice of reason. <laughs> yeah, for, for most things. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna get off stage like a warrior. I got yeah. stitches in my face. Oh my it's gosh. still puffy a little bit. I'm gonna be a warrior. Wait, you, did you have stitches? I had stitches right away. And I had like black the medic, eyes. A medic came in and oh yeah, yeah, they they, they tied my shit like a shoelace oh in in God. Bellevue Hospital, the worst hospital in New York City. <laughs> uh, I was sitting in that hospital, man, and at one point, uh, at several points throughout the night, a man was like, "I'm gonna kill everybody in here." Like oh he gosh. just yelled that a lot. And oh I was gosh. like, hey, man, you know we all in here, don't you? Wow. <laughs> he was mad. I think something was going on with his foot gangrene or something. I don't know. Was someone was with mad. you as your friend there? Uh, yeah, my girl was there, and then my cousin was there. Wow. Yeah, so I just I just sat there bleeding. Uh, <laughs> and then they tied, me, they tied my face up, and I went home. Like, I'm going to get back on stage. So I went to the gym that day, and that was that was bad decision. Because there's no way to work out with a black eye. And a broken nose, and not look like J Lo and enough. You know what I mean? Like this ain't never gonna happen again. Like there's no way to not look like that. <laughs> and people looking at me like, I hope he overcomes what he went through. And I'm just like, I'm just out here working out. I work out every day, y'all. Y'all see me every day. <laughs> so I'm just like that anger. I can't take that on stage. I realized I couldn't do it. <laughs> and wow. I, and I did. You know. I feel like a lot of us comics have been punched. Yeah. In our lives. It, it, that's the thing, too. That's the most irritating part of it. Well, there's a lot of irritating parts of it. Yeah. But the main one was like people, oh, my God, so much trauma. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, nah, racism is trauma, nigga. That <laughs> was just a bad surprise, nigga. <laughs> like, God damn it. Support for Working It Out comes from Aura Frames. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Have I got the gift for you. You know how you're always like looking for gifts and it's like you don't really, you can't think of anything because the person kind of has what they want because everyone kind of buys what they want. This is the perfect thing, Aura Frames. It's like a Wi-Fi connected digital picture frame. You can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. Jenny and I have these at our apartment. We love them. It's just a really pleasant, super personal thing. That It's a perfect gift because it's one of those things you wouldn't think to buy for yourself. I can't say enough about these Aura frames. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code WIO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Support for Working It Out comes from Viore. 
Viore is a clothing company that draws inspiration from the coastal California lifestyle. I was thrilled that they were willing to be a sponsor because I could just talk about how soft and comfortable their clothing is all the time. I mean, I'll read the stuff they told me to say. It's uh, It inspires others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it does that. But also, my experience is it's very, very comfortable. Viore offsets 100% of their carbon footprint. And since 2019... They've also offset 100% of their plastic footprint. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off. Ooh, that's good. Your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable, versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash burbigs. That's viore.com slash burbigs. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping. What? Free shipping. On any U.S. orders over 75 bucks and free returns. That's viore.com slash burbigs. Discover the versatility of Viore clothing. You allude to things in your first special that are tip of the iceberg of what you could talk about. Selling crack yeah, for yeah. a week in your life. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just like how many comedians have sold crack? Like, not that many. Like, you, you're not, like... Well, there's a... Not that many. Let's say not that many. <laughs> Variety's <laughs> top 10 crack dealers turn comedians. Oh, my God, you got number one. Oh, man. I got a number one for something. <laughs> um, no, I wasn't it, good at it. I shouldn't be number one. Well, it's like, you. you're one of these people who, between that... And being on SNL, being a road comic, and you know, you, you know, living in Chicago, Naperville, and all these places, like you've lived a lot of life for someone who's young. Live, I've lived. I've had so many jobs. I've lived a lot of life. Been chasing, chasing different dreams all my life. Yeah, I just knew I wanted to do something outside of the norm. Yeah. of what society set up. I just didn't know what it was. And yeah. so I searched a lot. And we don't know yourself when you're young. But you're ambitious and you work hard. You end up just trying a bunch of different shit. And that's what I did. I just dived in a bunch of things. And if people told me I couldn't do it, I did it 50 times harder. Yeah. Even if it was a bad idea. That's yeah. why I did all the all the running the street shit. I was trying to fit in. And then, like, you know, eventually did for a while. And, and it still wasn't great. Never was great at the street shit. But, you know, I held my own. You know? I think, like, you got to dig into that in the second special because it's like... It's such, it's such a, a universe that when we see it depicted in film or novels, it's super dramatic, but yeah. it's never funny. Yeah. Well, see, I'm I'm balancing like how much I want to put in this special, and I will versus like what I'm what I'm writing. So I'm working on some shows, yeah, and some and some um, different projects that I'm kind of I'm like, what's the best format and way to tell these stories? And so, yeah. I think I'll tell some of them in, in like a music form, some of them yeah. in, in like on, in a show. Yeah. I have a show I'm working on right now that 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 that's gonna. I used to be I used to con with a couple with a, with a couple people. We used to like this is way before comedy. Uh, this is back in when I was on doing bullshit. We used to just like be little con artists. Yeah. So I'm making a show about that and shit and like like three card Monty and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Like just just like hitting just just hitting lick hitting stores just hitting licks. I you know I don't want to incriminate myself. <laughs> 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 I think you're already dead. I think you're already dead. <laughs> but you know, we used to just, we used to be badasses running around stealing shit, reselling it, you know, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And uh so so it's like it's really about like um yeah, I was just 
I, w- I was concerned for a long time about like if I t- retell these stories, am I gonna implicate myself or some yeah. shit? But I don't worry about that too much anymore. I, I change a lot of stuff up, and honestly, honestly, it's been so long. I don't think. I, I also think even... there's. I think there's plausible deniability with comedy. hundred uh, percent. Uh, like I think that like the comedy. If you if someone said like, hey, you you stole blah 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 ten years ago. You could just be like, no, I, I didn't. That's just a fun, funny story I tell, and yeah. it's embellished. And also, people don't really believe me, and that's <laughs> hilarious. No, a dude was so fucking mad on Twitter, bro. And that's new. People mad on Twitter, new as fuck. And this dude hit me up like, yo, this man's assault is almost more cap than him selling drugs. And I'm like, I sold drugs terribly, and I was honest about it. You say I'm lying about selling drugs bad? That doesn't even make any sense. That's like me coming up and lying about having bad sex. My nigga, like, oh, my dick game is terrible. <laughs> like, oh, it cap. Like, what are you talking about? Wait, bro? what is cap? I don't understand what cap the criticism is. is. It's, it's a lie. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Pussy, putting you on something. I'm trying to get hip to this stuff. Yeah, man. Right. You know, take that back to your HR meeting, man. <laughs> When I moved to New York, I got trash at the comedy cellar so hard, like <laughs> by like you know Patrice and I mean Patrice was like the greatest of all time at like just trashing young oh, comics. Hundred percent, I heard do, stories forever. Do you? Did you have that when you came into comedy? What? <laughs> came That's up in Chicago, answer? boy. <laughs> Ballhead Phillips, Marlon Mitchell. What's up, niggas? Uh, <laughs> uh, Little Rel. Uh, these motherfuckers, D-Ray, Davis, these motherfuckers can roast your ass to death. David yeah. Williams, I, look, I'm not naming all you motherfuckers. I love y'all, but like, <laughs> man, coming up under these motherfuckers, man, you get roasted all the time. You get roasted in the lobby. Yeah, you'll go, you'll go catch the bomb. Chicago's mean, bro. Like, I remember like <laughs> going up at Jokes No Shout out to Mary Lindsay. I do a lot of shout outs, I, apparently. And <laughs> and dog, that was a club that would fucking. They would do bomb sounds. Like, they couldn't wait for your joke not to work. <laughs> as soon as you said a joke and it didn't work, somebody's like, ee! And, like, the whole crowd is doing a ee! Like, Hiroshima bomb noise, dog. Devastating. And then you go outside and, like, yo, let's, let's, let's go to White Palace. It was this restaurant that was, like, uh, 10, minutes, 10 minutes up the road. And, so you could sit down, have breakfast at 11.30 and get roasted all night. Wow. And if you could hang, you know yeah. what I'm saying, you could just come back tomorrow and everybody, you know, and eventually you get in good. But, man, that pissed me off at first. Yeah. I didn't like it. Because I, I was like, man, all these motherfuckers roasted me, I ain't never coming back. Yeah. But then I just, you know, I was back that next week. Same. You know, doing doing the same shit. Yeah. You know, yeah, man, I think that's what you need. You need that shit, bro. You need, that. they're just introducing you to how tough the game is in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also... Letting you know about your flaws in case you didn't know. <laughs> this is called the slow round. This is just sort of like thoughts and memories and uh, random things. Like, do you have a nickname growing up that was either particularly bad or particularly good? Um, I'll give you two because I feel like it's unfair to give the cool one without giving the one that pissed me off a lot. <laughs> Um, Chief was my last rap name yeah. that I had. Uh, and that's because I was smoking and I was deleted. But uh, the bad one uh, that my best friend's cousin gave me is Bobblehead. And it was before the, the rap song Bobblehead came out, uh, which is about like a, a person who sucks dick. That's not what the joke was for me, though. My head, when I was growing up, 
was way bigger than my body so because funny. I was really skinny. This is the cruelest. This is now the cruelest, so, <laughs> cruelest nickname. So I'm sitting, when I sit in cars and shit, and I didn't really realize this, I would be like, <laughs> my head, my head. I would be sitting in cars riding and smoking, and my head just doing this. And I'm listening to the music, yeah. but yeah. you know, I look like a fucking pop bobblehead, bro. And it was, and they were like, hey, I'm doing being, it now. I remember just being in the car and I'm smoking. And then he was like, hey, Chris, it's your bobblehead ass. And everybody oh in the car went crazy. I'm like, I'm not no bobblehead while well, my head bobbled. It was fucking awful. And then the song came out and that just reignited the joke. Wow. Yeah, it was terrible. I hung out with some funny That's the <laughs> worst is when someone nails something about you. Yo. Patrice O'Neill used to call me Big Headlia. <laughs> My head was too big. I was like, Patrice, you have the biggest head I've ever seen. <laughs> that don't matter. And by the way, it doesn't matter. It never it matters. Doesn't. Also, no one heard that because his voice was so much louder than everybody else's. Yep, that's they it. They would hear him make fun of me, and then, and then he would win. Oh, man. I love being loud because when you're on a row and, and, and a motherfucker's not as loud as you, you and you take it a good joke. There's been roasts where I've been in going back to back, and someone had got me good. Yeah. No one heard it. And I buried it. <laughs> I was like, ha, you know, that's yeah. that's my favorite thing. To, ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That and being being past. louder in roasts is a very effective tool. Yeah, because no one's gonna be like, wait, 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 what'd you say? Shh. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? No one's gonna clear space for you in a roast. That's insane. Um, what's the best advice anyone's ever given you that you used? Uh the it's been a lot, but um, one of the best uh, pieces of advice I got from a dude outside of a 7-Eleven, he had pulled up in his dope-ass car. I didn't have a car. I was like maybe 14 or 15 at the time. I was hanging out with my friends. We were going to get like, I don't know, a Swisher or some shit. And this kid pulls up. Dude's like maybe a year older than me. Fresh-ass car. I'm like, what the fuck did you do? He had to be a couple years, like maybe 17 or something like that. But he was like, um, man... I just like he had his own business already, you know what I mean. Mm. Now I'm, sh- I'm sure there's probably more to it because 17 year old have his own business, you know. But he he was like, I just you know put my head down and I worked for three years. I yeah. didn't party. I didn't do nothing. I just I just I just went and I worked for what I wanted. And, yeah. And he and that shit stuck with me yeah. so hard. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because when when it came time to like doing comedy, there was like a lot of people going out. And like yeah. drinking every night, and yeah. you know, like a lot of, I was doing improv and stand up, so I had a lot of like circles that were out partying a lot, and I didn't do that. So it took me a longer time to get to know people on like a personal level because I was always working because I was on this schedule. Like I'm, I gotta put this these years in. I always use three years as a as a test to see um, if I'm really into what I'm what I'm about to do. Yeah. And so when I got into comedy, I was like three years. I need to see. Some kind of well, I, I was ignorant, so I was like, three years. If I ain't make it, <laughs> I'm going. I'm done. Yeah. And obviously, I didn't make it, but there was like enough there for me to know that this is a a trajectory I I wanted to invest my time into. It's funny. I was reading this book that Scott Galloway wrote called Algebra of Happiness. That I read recently, and it, he says this thing. It's not dissimilar to what your advice was. Is he goes your your twenties. If you want to be successful in your 30s, you're going to have to work so hard in your 20s that you have no free time to do anything, basically. No free time. I, yeah. I spent my 20s watching people get married, families. Yeah. These, go to weddings. Go to weddings. Yeah, Bro, yeah. I didn't go to weddings. I just went to my first wedding. 
<laughs> it was my little brother. <laughs> I have a, I, my friends are so annoyed at me. I don't make anybody's wedding. Oh I, man, I made, I've, I've only been to like three weddings, bro. I swear to God, I miss I miss everybody's wedding. I was just like known for this. I'm yeah. known for missing weddings. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I was broke to 31. So, like, all my 20s, I was, what? Flat. Yeah. I didn't have a dollar to my name that I could keep for too long. You know yeah. That's just what it was. And when you, you talk about in your special, when you got money, <laughs> when you made money for the first time, you were like, I'm going to take my friends out. Yeah. Oh, and man. And, like, party or, like, go on a trip. Bro, I swear to God. Yeah, I go on a trip. And we went to Miami. That was the first big... Like part like like what I said, especially was very rare. I took I flew out six of my friends and me to Miami. Got a yacht, jet skis. I, I was, every day was like an event. We did yeah. three, four, five clubs every yeah. night. You know, Jay Z fridge. Four days, Jay Z fridge. Yeah. Four days is just like the craziest shit you could ever imagine, right? I spent easily. <laughs> way too. This is way too much bread. Easily over twenty. Okay. Wow. Easily. And then I was like, yo, y'all throw me what you can. Oh, my God, no. I, I $100 hate I, here. I hate this story. $55 here. I hate this story. Dogs. One guy was like, you got this, right? <laughs> Nigga, what? Oh, my God. Jay-Z didn't rap one lyric about this. <laughs> right? Throw me what you can. Throw me what you And that was my fault. For for doing oh you're buried oh yeah throw me what you can I was like oh that's my that was my first introduction to like this these things are different bro this is why people don't do this or you do it uh just differently <laughs> wow and can you think of a moment in your life that now in hindsight you realize changed your life ooh oh man huh damn this is a that's a good Steve, question Steve Steve I mean damn that's a lot I guess but. I could throw uh, a couple of other ones at oh, you if you want. Uh, I mean, I guess I knew. I guess I didn't. When my friend Worm died after um, one of my homies' houses got shot up, that I used to live at, um, and he he wasn't a part of anything. He was just a kid who was hanging around us oh. and uh, playing video games, and he got shot. And me and my friend was in the thick of shit um, on, on bullshit uh, in in the streets or whatever, and. And, and uh, we, when that happened, we went to his funeral with his family, and we cried, and we were like, "Yo, we're gonna stop doing the bullshit." Wow. So that kind of like put me on a track that got me here, really. Yeah. Um. And so like, yeah, that would that would be maybe that's what comes to mind. How old was he? And that's not funny. I mean, no, I know. I mean, it's um, awful. How how old was he, or how old he was were you? Sixteen. Wow. Yeah, maybe fifteen, um, yeah, fifteen or sixteen. Oh man. Yeah, but it, it, that's what it was. It was like it just take you know it was terrible, but sometimes it takes like takes that. And with that, with, with moments like that, you go you go one or two ways. You either go angry and go deeper yeah. and harder, or you try to like you know. Yeah. What what's um what's something you've learned about yourself as an adult that you didn't know about yourself when you were a kid? That a lot of this shit that I was thinking that was happening was actually in here. Like if yeah. I had understood my anxiety and ADHD and my depression more as a as a kid, I probably would have had an easier time dealing with some things. Yeah. Um, and I wish I just hadn't known. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now that I do know, I I I uh, know how to break down a situation way better. Yeah. 
I was just angry as a kid all the time because I just had yeah. a lot of shit I didn't understand. You yeah. Know what I mean? Was this, are these answers to be funny? I feel like I'm getting no, it's real good. serious. No, it's good. It's good. It, that's what the show always is. It's like the slow round stuff is like more like introspective. I like that shit. Look at you, Mike. Deep as a motherfucker, <laughs> fam. <laughs> Support for Mike Birbiglia's Working It Out comes from Helix Sleep. Helix has been with this podcast from the very beginning. We are huge Helix mattress fans over here. Let me tell you a few things that are great about Helix Sleep mattresses. They are fiberglass free. Unlike other brands, Helix mattresses do not contain fiberglass, which can be harmful to your health, as you may have seen in the news or on social media. There have been a number of health issues and lawsuits related to fiberglass and mattresses. You know, actually, I used to, I used to have a mattress that was pure fiberglass. It was just, it was literally a bed of fiberglass. No longer. I sleep on Helix mattresses, which are fiberglass-free. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash burbigs. That's helixsleep.com slash burbigs. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long with Helix Better sleep starts now. No, now. Working It Out is supported by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. I should point out that this is an ad for Squarespace, but I love Squarespace. I was thrilled when they became an advertiser because we've used them for years. Our website for Thank God for Jokes was Squarespace. Our website for Stand Up and Vote was Squarespace. Couldn't recommend it more highly. We use it all the time. Start a completely personalized website with the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint. You can sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses, or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, head to squarespace.com slash burbigs, B-I-R-B-I-G-S, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash burbigs to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This is this is a section we do called From the Notebook. It's just like things I wrote down yeah, yeah. that aren't done. Um, I reached a point where I dread doing anything at all. Like if I'm going to the comedy cellar mm -hmm. all day, I'm thinking... I got to take the F train from Bergen Street <laughs> yeah. to West 4th. Yeah. And then I get on the subway and I'm like, I like the subway. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like even when it's 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 even when it's, it's pretty fast. You know what I mean? Like even when it's slow. I'm like, it's slow. I knew it would be slow. I like being right. Yeah. And then I'm on the subway and I'm like, "Oh, I got to walk from West 4th Street to 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 McDougal." And then I'm walking there and I'm like, I like walking. Get some steps in. <laughs> Like so much of my life is balancing dread yeah, and yeah, yeah. then excitement. Oh, a hundred percent. That's, that's so good. I do that shit anytime we're, I have to like go see people. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, no. Oh, man. Yeah. This is going to be so much. <laughs> I got to record a podcast with Mike. And, and then I get there and, and every time I'm like, oh, I enjoyed this. <laughs> I have fun here. And, you know, it's just like me constantly battling my mind. That's such a good, that's such a good bit, bro. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm kicking that one around. And then I wrote, I wrote this down, which is um, parenting, I feel like is like hiking. No one's ever like, hey, great job hiking. They're just like, <laughs> keep hiking. And at some point, you see grandparents on the hike and you walk with them for a little while. 
and then you're, they can't keep up, and you're like, we're going to have to leave the grandparents behind. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing we can do. Long hike. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So that was like a loose thing. And then the other day I wrote this down, which is um, the other day I saw in Brooklyn a middle school kid almost ran over a, a homeless man with a cello. And I thought, never has a metaphor for Brooklyn gentrification been more on the nose. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> a cello. I'd be pissed if I got hit with a cello. <laughs> I would, because you don't even know who to punch. <laughs> Play me something. You know? <laughs> yeah, this is little kid with a big-ass cello. Oh, like, God. how much does that cello cost? Yeah, that's the- Cello's got to cost thousands, thousands of dollars. right? Easily thousands yeah, of dollars. Yeah, come on. Put, to take that cello back. Yeah. Buy a video game. Let me see. I got some really dumb shit in here. Oh, yeah. That's what we're about. Super, super sure. It's, so I was in TJ Maxx, and we were waiting in line. And this dude, a guy on the intercom, was like, I'll give it up for Jason Phillips. He has saved 10% with a Target coupon. <laughs> Woo! And then another person got it. And then I was like, yo, if they don't give me an announcement, do I just make them? Yeah. Like you get up and you're like, you, you're not doing some <laughs> announcement worthy, but all you did was come here to get announced. And you're like, what do I got to buy, my nigga? Announce me. Yes. Bro. Yes. Like, we only announce with coupons. Nigga, fuck your coupons, bro. I bought $1,000 worth of shit. Announce me, my nigga. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's so, uh, oh, not I just love also like the, just the observation of the announcement thing. It's like, it's absurd. It's like, we don't, we don't, we're good. We don't need any announcements. Yeah, and the announcements is mad weird, too. It's like, oh, give it up for Jason Phillips. Uh, he saved money because he didn't have enough real money. Right. <laughs> like, what the fuck, bro? Don't put my shit out there, dog. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> give it up for Chris Redd, who made us have to tell his name. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Such a weird, it's such a weird thing. Oh, um, they have a playlist for everything. There's a playlist on Spotify right now called Songs You Can Do CPR To. Oh, my God. <laughs> I once almost drowned in a wave pool when I was eight. And if I wasn't for CPR, I wouldn't be here. But I will say when I come to, I wasn't like, thank God I'm alive and y'all picked the right song. <laughs> that is so funny. I also, I feel like if you're going to dig into that, it's a great premise. It's like, what are the songs? Dude, it was like, uh... <laughs> Hero to save us. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Nickelback. Could you wow, imagine? Oh, there you go. Could you imagine uh, being brought back to life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Never made it as a wise man. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, so, there might be a joke in, like, if I, you know, if I, if I were brought back to life, you know, from an accident, blah, 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 I just don't know if I'd want to hear Nickelback. Yeah. Like, I might be like, you know, that might hurt the cause. But then again, if, 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 if it was like, to life, that'd be mm, lit. Nice. That'd be lit. That's then a motherfucker nice. RuPaul comes there you out, go. motherfuckers Jay Z's dead with his fridge. <laughs> it should be crazy. <laughs> well, Chris, thanks for doing this. this is long overdue. Man, I've been waiting to come up. talk to yeah, you, brother. So fun. I love everything you're doing, man. Comedy wise, you still acting, bro? I'm still acting. Good, still acting. Man, I want and you some shit. I'm uh yeah, you're one of the you're one of the folks that at the at the comedy cellar I'm always so psyched to see because you just always crush and I'm so glad that your special is just so joke dense and funny and original. It means a lot. And bro. you just knocked it out of the park. I pre- I I'm so happy for you. Thank you, man. I don't think anything should stay in the park. All of it should get knocked out that bitch. You know what I'm saying? That's a one. That's how I I'm trying, out that I'm trying to look, I'm trying to get the word out on that, but it's just it's, <laughs> sometimes it's your my voice is so quiet. <laughs> You gotta get louder, baby. <laughs> All right, Man, thanks. Mike, appreciate you, bro. All right, me too. What?
working it out, cause it's not done. We're working it out, cause there's no that's going to do it for another episode of Working It Out. I uh, loved loved talking to Chris Red. Um, oh, and his working out for a cause is NAACP Legal Defense Fund. We will link to them in the show notes and contribute to them as well. We encourage you to do the same. You can watch his HBO Max special on HBO Max. Chris Red, why am I like this? It's so funny. You can see The Old Man in the Pool uh, in January. Must close January 15th. I think there's only a few seats left. Go on MikeOnBroadway.com or get uh, great deals on Today Ticks. The producers of Working It Out are myself, along with Peter Salamone and Joseph Verbiglia, associate producer Mabel Lewis, consulting producer Seth Barish, assistant producer Gary Simons and Lucy Jones. Sound mixed by Shub Sarin. Supervising engineer Kate Belinsky. Special thanks to Marissa Hurwitz and Josh Upfall. And my consigliere's Mike Berkowitz. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff and Bleachers for their music. The, the music in the show right now, if you, if you like the music in the show, is a project that Jack did called Red Hearse, which is fantastic, with, with uh, Sam Dew and Soundwave. Love that album as well. Special thanks to J-Hope Stein. Her book, Little Astronaut, is in your local bookstore. Special thanks, as always, to my daughter, Una, who built the original radio fort made of pillows. Thanks most of all to you who are listening. Thank you for all the feedback and nice comments uh, on the Apple Podcast site. If you're enjoying it, give us a, a star rating and a comment. Say which, uh, say which is the episode that you enjoy most would help us a lot. Uh, tell your friends, tell your enemies. Even if, if you're looking for a New Year's resolution, you can say, you know, this is the year I'm going to tell my enemies. I'm going to approach my enemies and tell them about my favorite podcast for creatives. Work out new ideas. I'll see you soon, everybody. Thanks for listening.